Before we begin, I do have some sad news to pass along and a request for prayers, uh, if you all could please. A beautiful being by the name of Barbara, uh, her friends and family call her Barb, uh, unexpectedly passed away Thursday evening, Thursday night, uh, sometime around there. And she was a frequent uh, person at Haven's place of employment. So Haven and all of her team uh, knew Barb very well, as well as her grandchildren. And as a matter of fact, the grandchildren came in on um, Friday and told Haven and her co-workers and her team that uh, Barb had very, very unexpectedly passed away. And um, Barb had all kinds of health issues, but she was one that would always light up a room. She never wore her pain on her sleeve. As a matter of fact, you'd never know. She was in so much pain. She was always happy, always had a smile, and was always concerned about everyone else. And, you know, we talk about saints on this show all the time, and Barb is definitely one of those unsung saints, but she will forever be a saint in our hearts. So if you all could please uh, keep Barb, her family, Haven, and all of her team and co-workers in your heart, thoughts, and prayers um, as they go through this mourning period. Um, those of us on the advanced track know that Barb is no longer suffering and she's in a much greater place, uh, but again, Without the physical, it's it's very difficult for us uh, because we're very physical people. So thank you all in advance for all of your thoughts, prayers, and everything from the heart. And today's show is dedicated to Barb. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a transdenominational podcast. All are welcome and safe here no matter what your faith is or isn't. Hello, my name is Reverend Angel Wise, and I'll be your host. I am an ordained licensed minister, director of the Oblates of Perpetual Light, intuitive healer, Kabbalist, and life coach. I firmly believe that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble, many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week, we will explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to encourage, educate, inspire, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? Shalom, peace, and love to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show... Thank you so much for finding us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything that you're searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast here and more. And if you're returning, you all know the drill. <laughs> I love you all so much. Thank you all for being such long-time listeners and supporters of the show. It is because of you that this show is here. So today's show is about the truly amazing, fantastical, inspiring. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. A uh, beautiful, amazing young woman by the name of Gloria Strauss. And I'll get into more of, as far as describing her as a young woman here in a minute, because she was only 11 years old at the time of her passing. 
Uh, but her story will definitely explain that and much, much more. So we will begin with an article from the Catholic News Agency. And I do apologize uh, from the beginning here that, you know, and I don't fault uh, the Catholic News, News Agency uh, one bit, but, you know, with everything that the Catholic um, Church community parishioners uh, go through as far as negative press, they seize the moment when there is something positive. And Gloria was beyond, beyond positive PR uh, for um, Catholicism in the Catholic Church. But I don't want us to focus on the labels. Let's focus on Gloria and her story. So, of course, links to everything I'm going to be sharing here as far as articles go will be in the show description. Um, it begins, the short life of a devout Catholic young girl, I say young woman, uh, from Seattle has brought many Catholics across the United States back to the church. Her holy and loving example, as well as her battle with cancer, have drawn others to convert to Catholicism and have inspired the creation of an organization to reach out to families with a loved one facing a chronic illness. Gloria was born in 1996 to Doug and Kristen Strauss and was like any other seven-year-old. She enjoyed playing with her six siblings and friends, dressing up, playing board games, picking flowers, and watching the Fox television show American Idol. The young girl also had a special place in her heart for the rosary and for making people feel good about themselves. However, no one could have predicted the amount of people her brief time on earth would touch. So the Catholic News Agency, CNA, spoke with her father, Doug, who explained that one day in 2003, when Gloria was seven years old, she was hit in the face with a ball resulting in a black eye. When the color returned to normal after the seemingly minor injury, a suspicious bump remained. After two trips to the doctor, she was referred to a specialist who instantly had a hunch it was cancer. Gloria was diagnosed with a cancer known as neuroblastoma and was only given a window of three months to three years to survive. Following the diagnosis, Gloria immediately went to surgery and began chemotherapy treatments. Doug explained that though it was difficult, the family resolved to remain open to God's plan in hopes that the family would be strengthened. At the time, Doug was a high school basketball coach who knew Seattle Times columnist Jerry Brewer. Brewer had planned to run a single column on the family's struggles while Doug coached during the season. However, the first column attracted so many readers that the idea expanded into a five-month series of interviews with the Strauss family, sharing glorious faith and trust in God with those in Seattle and around the United States. When Gloria's condition took a turn for the worse in 2007, the family opened their home for community members to come and pray over her. Doug explained that for three weeks, 50 to 60 people showed up Monday through Friday to pray the rosary and sing praise and worship songs. Later, when it became too much for the family, five members of the community opened their homes to continue the prayers for Gloria. After Gloria endured seven rounds of chemotherapy, the doctors decided to try a stem cell transplant using her own stem cells. Doug said that at that point, he knew that Gloria was at her lowest point. He was desperate and started to pray, God help me, I don't understand. 
he heard a voice say, quality of life. He was confused, but went to Gloria the next day and asked her if she had quality of life. He didn't expect her to understand, but she immediately responded, yes, Daddy. She excitedly added that so many people started praying because of her illness. Doug explained that Gloria had a beautiful gift. She was able to draw people to Christ through her cancer. She taught us all how to carry a cross. Her gift to us was her living example of her commitment to a relationship with God through constant prayer. She always said yes. Writing in the Seattle Times column, Doug recalled that they would ask if it was all right to have a healing mass, and she would answer, oh yeah. Other times they would ask, how about if 50 people come over to pray the rosary over you tonight? And she'd say, oh yeah. From shots to sickness, it always began and ended with the sign of the cross, Doug continued. Often doctors would have to stand and wait as she made the sign of the cross and prayed. Amazing to watch. It wasn't just her actions that drew people to Christ. Doug recalled how everyone spoke of Gloria's presence. She had this presence that allowed people to want to be with her and pray for her. Even at the age of seven, she knew her calling to bring people to God through her cancer. People from all religions were attracted to Gloria and her family through the front page column of the Seattle Times. Mormons, Buddhists, Hindus, they all wrote into the paper talking about how they've been impacted by her life. Doug said, everyone knew we were Catholic. We didn't have to profess it. We wanted prayers from everyone. Doug even mentioned a blind man that had written him a letter saying that he had been praying rosaries for Gloria and wanted to meet her. Miraculously, when she entered the room, he could see her dressed in white. The man told Doug, however, that when she left, he was blind once again. Though prayers for Gloria kept coming, her cancer continued to spread. She died on September 21st, 2007. Immediately following Gloria's death, the family realized the large impact that Gloria had on the community. Doug explained that people came all over to view her body before and after the rosary. He added that he received a letter from a Lutheran man who attends Eucharistic adoration at a Catholic church who said that he had to go so that he could see a saint in person. Then at the funeral, over 3,200 people showed up and the family began to hear stories of how Gloria's life and struggle had transformed lives. One man from Virginia had read about Gloria and explained that he felt like he was hit over the head by a two-by-four. The man had been on a four-day drinking binge, and he completely gave up alcohol after reading the story of her illness and strength of faith. Not only do the Strausses have a list of others, who have quite different drug addictions, or excuse me, have quit different drug addictions because of Gloria, but they are aware of at least 10 people who have become Catholic directly due to Gloria's story, and more are continuing to convert. One in particular was a nurse at the children's hospital who hadn't grown up going to church. After seeing little Gloria's faith, she knew she had to do something about it. 
According to the Catholic Northwest Progress, one Presbyterian family became Catholic after Gloria attended a camp for ill children and their families. One of the volunteers, Bryn Funay, continued to keep in touch with Kristen Strauss, Gloria's mother, after the week's activities. Bryn explained that she had been checking into Catholicism, but meeting Kristen and the Strausses was a big turning point for me. They really helped kind of soften the road, so to speak, to coming into the church. I told her right before she died, Gloria, we're going to become Catholic, said Bryn. And she said, wow. The Funes were received into the Catholic Church in Easter 2008. Not only did the girl's life touch individuals, but she also inspired the organization Gloria's Angels. At a point when Gloria's health continued to fade, the family's spiritual advisor spoke to Bob Turner, a Seattle businessman, about assisting the family in the days following Gloria's cancer. Either she was going to experience a miraculous healing or she was going to pass away, Turner explained. In either case, spiritual advisor recognized that the Strauss family would have some mission to serve. Turner explained that he decided to bring his business skills into a partnership with the Strauss family to help them honor her and carry on her mission. After weeks of discernment, Turner and the Strauss family decided that Gloria's mission could best be carried out by serving families facing life-threatening illnesses. And so Gloria's Angels was born. The organization works to smooth out the roller coaster ride that families with a SIP member experience. While many agencies exist to assist families in need, oftentimes loved ones are unaware of the services offered or need help with the coordination. Gloria's Angels steps in for guidance to piece everything together. So for more information on Gloria's Angels, for anyone out there that may be in need or knows somebody in need, it's GloriaAngels.org. And I will, will, of course, have a link to that in the show description. Okay, so that was the first article from the Catholic News Agency. And I have one more article, and then I will um, share some of my take uh, or takeaway on Gloria and her story. So the next article is by Jerry Brewer, the, the gentleman with the um, Seattle Times that wrote the stories um, about Gloria and the Strauss family. And this is the last of those five articles. This one's called, She Was So Much More Than Our Little Girl. And what it is, is it's a, it's an interview that uh, Mr. Brewer did with Gloria's uh, mom and dad. Um, it says, for five months, the Strauss family shared the story of Gloria's cancer struggle with columnist Jerry Brewer and photographer Steve Ringman. Thousands of readers here and around the country were touched by the series. Hours after cancer killed Gloria Strauss, her parents looked at their little girl and saw a woman. They gazed again and again and again. It was astonishing. She did not seem 11 anymore. The nurses had cleaned her body. Family friend had washed her hair. Goodness, there was a smile creasing her face. She looked like a grown woman, said Gloria's mother, Kristen. It was amazing. Her body seemed long and beautiful, just like a young woman. After more than four years fighting neuroblastoma, Gloria stopped breathing shortly after her parents fell asleep in her hospital room Friday morning. It was 6.50 a.m. When two nurses tapped Doug and Kristen, minutes later, the parents said goodbye. They did not receive the kind of healing miracle they wanted. 
Instead, they believe Gloria received the ultimate healing, heaven. I think it's only the beginning of the miracle, Kristen said. I think there's so much more to come. Doug and Kristen Strauss sit in a hotel room, each on separate bed. They're eating food from Giorgio's subs, their first meal of the day. It's four o'clock Friday afternoon. Over the next 75 minutes, they turn an interview into catharsis. At times, it feels as if they are speaking to each other. Other times, it seems like they are speaking to everyone who has followed them. I thought we'd be ready for this moment, Doug says, and we're just not. Doug describes the final moments he had and Kristen spent with Gloria at 4 a.m. Friday. He calls Kristen. Gloria is in a tremendous pain and breathing heavily. Dad feels something he never had before. He whispers, God, I think it might be time to take her, but I don't know. That is how he knows he needs Kristen. When she arrives at Children's Hospital and Regional Medical Center in Seattle, they watch an old family video of a Catholic pilgrimage to Lourdes, France. Kristen sings a song called The Magnificat, a Christian favorite near the end of that trip. The parents smile and reminisce as Gloria sleeps. A few minutes past 6 a.m., they fall asleep. When they awaken, their child is gone. It was so difficult, Doug says. There were times you felt like you could actually see her breathing again. It's like she was coming back to us, but she didn't. Her spiritual journey has been uplifting, yet treacherous, confusing, yet revealing. It seems like it is over, but for the Strausses, it will never end. All along, they have prayed to God, expecting him to heal Gloria. Before this journey began, Kristen believes God told her Gloria would have an incurable cancer. She says, he left her with these words, when I heal her, I will change the lives of many. The family thought the healing would be a physical one. Instead, they again must rely on their faith to find meaning. It's bittersweet, Doug admits. It's just a melting pot of feelings, sadness, anger, happiness, wanting to ask why. Part of our miracle has happened. She's in heaven. She's probably holding court up in heaven. Everyone's probably lined up to see her. The first thing she probably said was, thank you, Jesus. Kristen is still trying to describe her daughter. I've seen many people who have died, she says. Nothing like this. It was almost like she was sleeping. It was beautiful. She corrects herself. It is beautiful. They know the obvious questions. Do they feel robbed? Can their faith withstand this loss? How can they believe in one miracle so strongly and accept this detour? Tom Curran, a family friend who runs a Catholic ministry, has helped the Strausses throughout this process. To understand their beliefs, he says, one must look at this journey as an ongoing relationship between Jesus and the family. The key phrase which Doug has used before is that Jesus isn't just a healer, Curran says. He is the healing this is an intimately and profoundly relational thing. To non-believers, it is an abstraction. To believers, it makes sense. But Doug and Kristen never demanded for God to follow through on a promise. They simply chose to trust. Believe in what they hoped God meant and bend to his will. It's not going to make sense to people who are not in the relationship, Quran says. It appears like a contradiction. 
it seems like at the end somebody just pulled a rabbit out of the hat. But that's not how God has been involved. Strauss has spent about seven hours in Gloria's room before they had her taken to a funeral home. They prayed as a family. They invited each of their six other children to have a private moment with her. Through tears, they laughed. Much of the time, Doug and Kristen uttered praise. Thank God for heaven, Doug says. Thank God for prayers. Doug opens a white shoebox with Gloria scrawled across it. He takes out a few plastic bags with her locks of hair and drops them on his hotel bed. We cut some off the back of her hair, Doug says, kind of like a relic, something to remember. There are so many memories as the parents retrace their daughter's life. Lessons arrive, too. Some are simple. Life is precious, Kristen says. Every life is precious. Some are life-changing. She brought heaven to me, Doug says. She made heaven real to me. Most of all, Doug and Kristen are overjoyed by Gloria's impact. We selfishly asked people to pray for her, Doug says. And she did all these selfless acts. She embraced other ill children, praying for them even as she struggled to breathe. She made thousands think about how to live. Says Kristen, she was so much more than our little girl. She was everyone's. Gloria was funny too. Doug is known as the family comedian, but he always has worked hard for his jokes. For Gloria, humor came naturally. The impersonations, the dances, the goofy faces. You know what her song should be for heaven, Doug asked. After a brief pause, he launches into the chorus of an old song from duo Hall & Oates. Oh, here she comes. After a brief pause, excuse me, I went back too far. Doug and Kristen are nervous to offer their next thoughts, but after a few more seconds of reflection, they let loose. I think she's saint material, Kristen says. Doug nods and cries. On the afternoon drive from hospital to hotel, Kristen listens to the radio. She turns to Spirit 105.3 FM. The radio jockeys are asking a question. Who is your hero? Kristen whispers. My hero is Gloria. I just want to make sure I never forget her smell or the sound of her voice, Kristen says. I could sing her praises forever, Doug says. But they are tired. They need rest. They need to complete funeral arrangements. Death comes so fast. On Thursday, Gloria sang happy birthday to her father, fought until she finished every word. It was her final gift to dad. Doug and Kristen looked at each other and smile. On Doug's bed, there's a CD of a tribute being edited for Gloria. It is titled Glorious Gloria. Gloria is gone, and the proper word escapes them. Is it her passing? Doug asks. Kristen looks up deep in thought, or do we want to say her entering? Doug continues. No, Kristen has a better one. Maybe her rising, she says. And that's the end of that article, folks. So here we have presented in today's show two aspects or two um, views of a life. We have the life that Gloria presented and showed the world 
literally. And then we have the life from the view of her parents. And those of you who have lost children, which I'm so deeply sorry for, I'm sure you can relate to Doug and Kristen and their experience with losing Gloria. I mean, nothing's worse than losing a child. I mean, as parents, we're supposed to outlive our children, right? But um, all too often, and sadly, it does happen. But there's ways to look at this, and this is where I'm going to try to unbox some of this here, because I know that this story can relate to you all on, if not one, but many levels. Um, show of hands, anyone that has never lost a loved one. I mean, that could be your foo pup pup. That could be grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, brother, sister, child. Yeah, see, no hands. No hands are because we've all, we've all lost people and beings that we love so dearly in this lifetime. But it helps us to understand the mechanics behind it as to why. I mean, just other than the biological, scientific reasons as to why do these things happen? How do these things happen? Cancer, cancer kills. Yes. Sometimes cancer can be put into remission. Sometimes it can't. We've had people we've talked about on the show, beautiful people, absolutely amazingly beautiful people who have fought cancer. Uh, Melissa Henningkamp, um, Dan Thomas, Pee Wee Toms. I mean, these were people from season one, but you know, we've had many people that we've talked about over the seasons, the past five seasons. And we always will, because unfortunately, cancer is one of those diseases that is growing more and more, especially with the chemicals in our water and our food in our air, it just goes, the list is endless. But end of the day, it helps us to understand a little bit from the creator's side as to how and why these things happen. Because a lot of people can be extremely angry saying, why did, a, why did God allow a seven-year-old to get cancer? And worse than that, why did God, after seven rounds of chemo and stem cell surgery, allow an 11-year-old to die that was making such an impact on people? And the thing is, is we have to remember, and we've talked about this quite a bit in the season, and I hope you all are starting to resonate with it. You don't have to agree with it, but just try to understand it, is that... Um, Gloria chose, as a soul, before she was born, she chose her parents. She chose the life that she was going to have. She chose the suffering and hardships that she endured. And she did it all for reasons for her soul, to help her soul grow, to not only learn lessons, but also to share her light with the world. And just as a little seven-year-old girl in her hometown, she wouldn't have made that much of an impact on people. 
So things happened the way Hashem, God, Adonai, uh, the all that is, the universe, again, whatever you want to call that, which is beyond labels, the infinite. These things played out in a way that was best for Gloria's soul to achieve what she needed to achieve. And I know that's very difficult for us, for our brains to, to wrap around, because we're looking at a child. We're not looking at a soul. We're looking at a child. We're looking at the physical, the relative, the what's in front of us, what we can see. We're not looking at what is, or I should say, feeling with our heart. What is beyond that? And her parents didn't at first as well, but as we'll get into in a minute here, as I go through their story a little bit, they did. After her passing, they did get it. So again, I want to take the religion out of this as far as the, the flag. You know, Yes, Catholics should be proud, very proud that she was a Catholic. Um, but it, this, this transcends religion. This transcends the label Catholic or Catholicism. Um, this is transdenominational, which is what our show is all about. This is bottom line faith, not just a young woman's faith, but her family's faith as well, and as well as a community. How Gloria, bless her heart, brought all of these people together, people from all walks of life, from all faiths that would never, never in this lifetime would have interacted, would have met, would have nothing. I mean, there was even, what, a gentleman from another church, from another religion, that went to Gloria's funeral because he said he wanted to see a saint. And no doubt, absolutely no doubt about it, Gloria is a saint. Well, she become a saint in the Catholic Church's eyes, um, only time will tell. I'm not going to predict or say anything on that. That's completely up to them. Um, you know, a blind man, blind, was so drawn to Gloria and her story that her parents spoke with Gloria about visiting this blind man, and she agreed. In poor health, she agreed. And for a moment, just a moment, the blind man actually saw Gloria, described her to a T. But when she left the room, his blindness returned. Now, to me, that's personally my opinion. Her, that happening is hands down, hands down showing her light, how bright her light was shining. You know, sometimes it only takes when these souls, when our souls come into this life, sometimes it, it only needs a little bit. It only is here to do a few more things to tie up loose ends and wrap things up. Now, you can believe in reincarnation or not. That's completely up to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, so glory was here for 
all intent and purposes to do what she did and to suffer as she suffered and do what she did. And, and we are all in the same boat. We are all here for reason or reasons. We all chose our lives. I know many people will scoff at that. You know, I didn't choose to, you know, have all of these hardships. I didn't choose to have all these illnesses. I didn't choose to have all these sufferings and all this loss. No, I didn't. You didn't. The I, me, mine that you know and cling to as your identity is only relative. It is what is born and it is what will pass from this lifetime. It is your conglomerate of conditioning. It's not you. It's not truly you. It's not the ultimate you. It's not your soul, which your soul will go on forever. And that's one thing we've covered a little bit here in season five, and we're going to continue as we progress in the show to cover more and more about learning and discovering what our souls actually are, what our life purpose is, what our soul's purpose is for being here, and how to make that happen, how to achieve that, how to become aware of these things that we are here to do, and how to, as Gloria, tie up those loose ends, get things done that need to be done, and to progress, to become one with Hashem, Adonai, God, the Great Mother, the universe, the all that is. Again, whatever you want to label, that's which is beyond labels. My apologies for interrupting the show, but I have a very important question or questions for you. What does the show mean to you? Has this show helped or benefited you, a loved one, a friend, in any way? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, we are having a fundraiser for the show that goes now until Friday, July the 7th. And it is through PayPal. So many people have contacted me saying that they're, they don't quite understand the Cash App and how to do that. So this time it's through PayPal and it is very, very easy. Most of us already have accounts on PayPal, if not several accounts. So if you are so inclined in... You're like me. You can't wait for the next episode. And honestly, I'm like that. <laughs> I can't wait for the next episode. And again, if this show has helped you, benefited you, your family, your loved ones, your friends, in any way, shape, or form, and you have the means, please consider making an offering to our fundraiser. It can be any amount. Even a dollar will help. My family spent over $1,000, well over $1,000 last year, on things to help improve the quality of the show. And if you go back and listen to any, pick any episode between season one and three, compared to episode you're listening to now, you can definitely hear considerable difference and better in the quality. So again, any and all donations that are made to our fundraiser will go to help improve and support the show. 
so much time in work. God, no, it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but a lot of time and work goes into each and every show. And we want to do our level best, more than our level best. We want to do whatever the divine wants us to do, the creator, to get this show as in a best shape and condition that it can be in and to reach as many people as possible. And I need your help for that. So again, if you can help, please feel free to make an offering at paypal.com slash pools slash C slash eight U N X Y O U S B R. And a link to this will be in the show description. So be sure to check that out. If you have any problems locating the show descriptions, just email me at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com and I will send you a direct link to the PayPal. Again, any and all contributions are beyond appreciated. And I thank you all infinitely in advance. So the next view of this story is from glorious parents, Doug and Kristen. And, you know, here they have a beautiful daughter who was very ill from the age of seven to 11. And remember, at the age of seven, she was diagnosed with this cancer and told that she had three months to three years to live. And she lived until, you know, four more years. So she lived to be the age of 11. So four years after the diagnosis. And, you know, she passed away in 2007. So and we're seeing it from the parents' point of view is that you could tell they were still in shock because um, nothing can prepare you for losing a loved one, especially a child or spouse or someone that you're extremely close to. That's part of you. The thing is we have to look at it as this, is, is you're not losing the person. We Yes, we are losing the physical. Again, we're getting into the relative, the difference between the relative and the ultimate. The relative is what's in this human form, you know, which you can, with those five senses that we've talked about, and um, those five filters, uh, you know, to mention the RAS filter as well, that only allows us 5% of 100% of what's going on at any given time. So keep that in mind is that what you see and perceive as reality is only, well, less than 5% of what really is going on. Now, whether you are, um, you have a faith or not, because this show is for everyone, regardless of what your faith is or isn't. Um, even looking at it from a scientific level, there is so much more around us and going on at any given second that we are not aware of, that we don't see, that we don't feel. And again, that's something else the show is going to start. Well, it has a little bit, but we're going to continue as we go to help you get in touch and to work on that um, developing more of a feeling for this 95% or more that we don't perceive. But Gloria was acutely aware of a lot more than 5%, you could tell. She was very tapped into the divine, to the light, and she had no problem 
sharing that with others. Yes, she prayed the rosary, but did she beat people over the head with her faith? Absolutely not. She loved everyone unconditionally and anything she could do to help them. And like I said, even when she was ill and having problems breathing, she was going around the hospital and seeing other children and other people and trying to help them and pray for them. See, that's, that's an angel right there, most definitely, on all levels. And as children, we, that is when we are the closest to the essence of our soul. It's before the world and everything around it has influenced us, impacted us, um, you know, so, and Jesus saw this too in his teachings about the children. You know, the children come to him, you know, as the disciples are stopping the children saying, you know, don't, don't bother him, you know, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You let them come to me because this is how you need to be in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's just a Christian uh, thing there for those of you who are Christians. So you can relate those of you of other faiths. I mean, it's it's all the same principles that we've got to we've got a lot of work to do as far as going backwards in in ship, making that shift, as we've been saying so much and always will of going from the mind to the heart, because the mind is in control of it's it's just that relative. It's that same old day in, day out, you know, me, I, mine, ego. And we've got to begin feeling past that, you know, and that's why I love stories like this, like, you know, Gloria and how she lived her life is that, you know, she didn't, she had every right to curl up in a ball and feel sorry for herself and just cry her little eyes out. But she didn't. She took the bull by the horns. She saw what was going on. She saw that this came from the divine and there was a reason for it. And she was going to take control instead of allowing it to control her and to do all that she could in the time that she had left. And my gosh, that little girl lived more in four years than most of us live in many lifetimes. So allow these stories that we share on the show and glorious story to inspire you, to inspire your faith, to inspire you to change, to get out of that everyday mundane rut of the I, me, and mine, because it's so easy for us. And this is nothing against anybody. I mean, even me as well. It's so easy for us to wallow in our own self-pity, to say, you know, you know, I, I feel bad about me. Why is this happening to me? Me, 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 I, 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 my, 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 mine. And it's just, um, there, we're not, when you were looking at it that way, you're not getting it. You're not even getting the 5% of it. You, your mind is spinning this into something that it truly isn't. I mean, you've got to make the choice. Do you dig deep and see what the truth is behind this illness or um, this setback or, 
you know, whatever you're facing or, and conquer it, fight it and conquer it. Or do you allow it to just destroy you? You know, I've had the blessing to speak with people who are survivors of illnesses such as cancer. And as we all know, you know, even if you're in remission with cancer, it doesn't mean that you're cured. It doesn't mean that it never will come back. It just means you don't have it right now. Now, there's two ways you can look at that. I don't have cancer right now, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest. No matter what your quality of life is. I mean, look at what glorious dad Doug asked her about quality of life. Asked the 11-year-old girl if she had quality of life. And she didn't hesitate to say yes. Yes, she did. And this is from a hospital bed, folks. So what about your quality of life? Can you change that? Yes, you can. You can. It begins with you, with your heart, with making that change, with getting out of that rut, with climbing out of that hole or cave, because it's probably been that long. It's now a cave instead of a hole. Climbing out of that and starting to live your life. Don't let the disease define you. And that's one of the biggest things we've seen in all the stories that we share on here with great and amazing and beautiful angelic beings that and souls that have faced some of the craziest things that we would never have faced and couldn't even fathom facing you know the this, this the the nuns of Compion singing hymns all the way up to their death as each one's being having their head cut off in a guillotine, they continue to sing and pray. How many of us could do that? I'm not asking you all to do that, but I'm just saying there's no reason why you can't be in that mindset to gather the strength, the courage, and the wisdom from these amazing beings. And that's why we have them on the show. And that is why, folks, that this show is here. But getting back to what I was saying, because I've had the blessing of talking to people who are in remission at this time, but aren't living. They're living like they still have cancer. They're living a life of someone with cancer and not living a life of someone in remission. They have allowed the cancer to define them They've allowed the cancer to imprison them, to enslave them. And their quality of life is, as they see it and perceive it, is bad. But they can change that. You can change that. If you're listening and you find yourself in that situation, regardless of what suffering you're going through, we all suffer. But we have to remember that there's a reason or reasons for this suffering. We have to also lean into your faith. Know that, I hate to say it because we hear it all the time, but, you know, Adonai, Hashem, Elohim, God, great divine creator, the all that is, mother, 
the great mother, will never give you more than you can handle. And remember, this is all pre-agreed upon before our souls came into this life. Now, does it mean you have to be a walking mat? Absolutely not. And we'll get into that more as we go into the shows, future shows. But just know that it is happening, that you're not alone, that the divine is always with you, that you can always call upon the divine, even though this is pre-planned out. You can call out to divine for help, and you will receive help. There's so many ways we can look at it. 95, over 95% more ways we can look at any given second in our lives. So don't let, don't feel overwhelmed, folks. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed because we're going to have more shows coming up on exactly this and how to start to feel these things and realize what's really going on and, and how to see through the garbage in our lives and see through it quickly, how to be able to pause in a, any given moment with anything going on and take control, exercise that free will that we've been blessed with and to make decisions to be proactive instead of reactive. Because for the vast majority of us, 99.9% .9 of us, we are just completely reactive animals, really. Just like any animal reacts to its environment and doesn't think ahead of time, we're the same way. And it's not a derogatory comment it's or an analogy. It's the truth. Analyze it. Look at it. What is the difference between how you react to something as an animal reacts to something? When a hardship is placed before an animal, how do they react? They, some of them probably react a lot better than we do. When they get upset, how do they react? A lot of barking. Yeah, we bark a lot too. Um, but again, we will get into more and more of that as we go. Continue this journey together, folks. And that's what it's all about. We are here together. We are all part of the same family. We are all part of the divine, whatever you want to label it or not label it. And we are all meant to be here to help each other. And every single person in our lives is there for a reason. You're hearing my voice for a reason. You came to this show for a reason. Don't second guess that. Embrace that. Welcome that. Analyze it. Sit with it. Meditate on it. Pray on it. And that's another big thing with Gloria that I love so much is prayer. She loved to pray. And she inspired so many from so many different walks of lives and faiths to pray. Regardless of how many converted to Catholicism, that's not important. The important thing is, is that she brought the awareness of prayer to many people and showed us by example of how to handle the best ways to handle hardships or what we consider to be hardships in our lives. 
If an 11-year-old girl can do it, folks, anybody can do it. You can do it. And if you need help in making that happen, and you don't want to, you don't want to wait for all the shows, contact me. My contact information is at the end of the show, at the end of every show. And I'll do all that I can to help you or point you into the direction of places where you can get the help you need. But serious inquiries only. I've been contacted by people and bless them. Everybody is more than welcome to contact me. But they want quick fixes. And life is not a quick fix. I always say, and always will say, we didn't get to our present situation overnight. It's taken our lifetime. We're, you know, however old you are, it's taken that many years to get to where you're at. Now, will it take that many years to correct or heal or improve or evolve? No, but it's going to take time, patience, diligence, work. And so many people that contact me just want a quick fix. They want a shot in the arm and go on their way. And I'm sorry, folks. That doesn't exist. So again, please, if you're serious about needing help and wanting help and wanting to put in the work, time and commitment, discipline, contact me. All other inquiries, <laughs> there's so many other places you can go for self-help quick fixes that aren't real. All right, folks. So I am going to pause here from now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I so hope and pray you've enjoyed this show on uh, Gloria Strauss and her amazing, amazing life. What a beautiful being. And, oh, I forgot to mention about her mom and dad seeing her as a woman. They were bestowing, when they saw her after her passing, how she looked more adult and how she looked even taller. You know, that was her true soul shining through at that moment that her parents got to see and witness is that, you know, her soul was much, much older than her little body was, her little physical body. And we are all the same. We are much, much older than our physical body is. And we just have to tap into that. And we're going to work on that in shows to come. And one more thing that I almost forgot to tell you folks about is Mr. Jerry Brewer also wrote a book called Gloria's Miracle. I will have a link to that in the show description if any of you would like to check it out to read more about the amazing, truly amazing life of Gloria Strauss and the impact that she has had and continues to have on so many people. In today's internet world, there are so many choices and so many things on the internet that uh, lure you into extending or working on or enhancing your faith. And most of them charge you for it. How about an absolutely free way and a free group that will love you unconditionally, no matter what your faith is or isn't, what your beliefs are or aren't. And again, did I mention free, absolutely free? Well, look no further. Check out the Oblates of Perpetual Light. I happen to be, just happen <laughs> to be the director of the Oblates of Perpetual Light. And I would love to have you check us out and become a member. Again, it's absolutely free of charge. Check us out at oblatespl.wixsite.com slash oblates-pl or you can email me directly at oblates 
www.pl at gmail.com. There'll be links in the show description to get to those web addresses. So you say, what are the oblates of perpetual light? Well, it's the first of its kind. We are a very first group of oblates to fully utilize the internet to organize and communicate. This allows everyone and anyone to join from all over the world. The Oblates of Perpetual Light are inclusive, meaning everyone is welcome, regardless of beliefs, faith, identification, gender, sexual preference, etc. We are independent, meaning that we are not affiliated with any church other than being connected to the faith and more ministries. And we are transdenominational. We are not affiliated with any one religion. Although our structure is very Benedictine, our oblate director, hello, can easily assist you with adjusting to your faith no matter what it is or isn't. We greatly respect the beliefs and freedoms of all others. We all are children of the universe. Only four things are required to be an oblate of perpetual life. First is to study and contemplate some sacred text of your faith at least once a day. It can be anything, any size, even a sentence or a word. It's imperative that an oblate pray sometime during the day. That's the second one is prayer. Again, it's up to us to choose when, where, and for how long. Number three is oblates will gather together online, typically on Zoom at least once a month. And that's usually the last Sunday of every month, if not the second to last Sunday. And it's not required. These are things as far as the meeting goes. If you can attend, that's great because you get to not only talk to, but you get to see your fellow oblates. And the fourth requirement is love and respect all members, regardless of their faith. We are here as a group, not just individuals. Every faith, belief, view, etc., will be respected. Bullying, hate, attacks, etc., will not be tolerated. So you are absolutely and completely safe. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, please check out the website. Again, a link will be in the show description or email me directly at oblates.pl at gmail.com. This week's prayer request and updates are as follows. First, we have Terry. We also have Denise. Denise is really suffering from some PTSD. I shouldn't say some. Any, any PTSD is too much, right? Uh, so let us please keep her in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Nicholas, I have an update on Nicholas his family was able to get him into a University of Alabama hospital this past week with uh, some of the top heart specialists in the United States, and they have referred him to their sister hospital in Nashville. So he goes there Monday. Um, he is in heart rejection. One of the, well, the right ventricle in his heart is failing, and he's at, also having serious regurgitation issues. And from someone who had regurgitation issues previously, and I still have it slightly now, uh, that is really not good. Uh, and just an update for the, those of you who don't know who Nicholas is, he's had multiple, multiple heart transplants. And I don't know what this one is, but it's it's up there. It's to the point to where he could not survive another heart transplant surgery. So his heart is failing. So they are, his family is just doing everything they can to find a doctor who will be able to do something to help Nicholas. He just graduated from high school, so he's 18 years young. Next is Haley, who has terminal ovarian cancer, and her husband, Taylor and Weston, and Weston is their son, and he is four years old. I just watched a cute video on TikTok of Haley 
her husband had her doing accents of uh, different nationalities. And it was it was so cute. But you could tell um, she was very labored in her breathing. Um, she is losing weight so dramatically. And she really is in her uh, final days. So please, please, please keep Haley, her husband, Taylor, and their four-year-old son, Weston, in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. I have an update on Maudie. She had a heart transplant two months ago. She just found out this past week that she will have to stay on the rejection medication for the rest of her life. Uh, she was hoping to be off of it sometime in July, but her doctors have decided to keep her on it indefinitely uh, to avoid the risk of uh, rejection for her heart. Prayers continue, please, for Stephanie, Sarah and Kia, Elaine, Bob, Clyde, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Trish, Chad, and their family, Brother Ashley and his family, Brother Abel, Mike S. and Kelly, Tanya, Cheryl, Elijah, his grandmother Janet, and husband Andrew. Father Mike is still desperately in need of our prayers with health issues in financial issues. He really needs all of the healing and positive light and energy we can send his way. His husband, Eddie, is in Fresno looking for a job uh, to relocate them. Please keep them in your heart, thoughts, and prayers, as well as Eddie's mother, Becky, who is continuing to be in the hospital and having infection issues after um, heart surgery. Also, prayers for Emma, Jean, Kathy, uh, who we've been praying for quite a while. And I've, as I've shared, she has a condition where her body just completely fights every organ in her. She now has been diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Um, and she's going through tests now to see which way they are going to go. But as you all know, that is extremely painful. Either one of those conditions are extremely painful on their own let alone both at the same time. And she's also a cancer survivor. So please, please, please keep Kathy and her husband, Tony, in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Michael T. I've mentioned Michael T. many times, suffering from depression, uh, an ailment that they don't know what it is. And I've just recently found out uh, that he has now gone through a divorce. So um, I no longer have contact with him. So we definitely need to keep him in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Courtney Moore, Jan, James, and Linda, and Patty Baker, who is just had shoulder surgery this past Friday. I do not have any updates as soon as I receive any. I will let you all know. And also, last but certainly not least, is my sister Tanya's uh, beloved Fufulu Pup Pup dog, uh, Coco, but they call her Beans, Coco Beans. Uh, she's having issues with the bottom part of her back and her backside to where she can't move her back legs. Uh, she is on, uh, she received steroid injections, what have not helped yet. And she's on cage rest for six weeks. So please, please, please keep little cocoa beans in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. She's a little dachshund, uh, black and, and tan, just absolutely beautiful being. And now our closing prayer and blessing. Let us pray. Oh, great creator, we thank you for this blessing that is Gloria and the story 
of her short little life, but so, so very powerful. Her life was on a nuclear quantum level that many of us in this lifetime, no matter how long we live, will never experience. Please help us to see the truth and the light in Gloria and her story and allow us to, through our ego selves, to seek more clearly and to begin to come to you more from the heart and to see you in everything, no matter if we deem it to be good or bad. Help us to realize that everything, literally everything, is not only from you, but also is you. Help us to understand that in times of suffering, as Gloria went through, that we see it as Gloria did, as an opportunity for us to grow, to evolve, to change, to become closer to and with you, to receive more light from you, and to share that light with everyone that we come into contact with. Amen. I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for and a podcast here and more. Please stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever format that you're listening because this will greatly help move the show up so when people do a general search, they're more likely to find us. And the more people we reach, the more people we can help. Also, feel free, please, please, please feel free to share the show with anyone and everyone that you feel might be interested in it and it might benefit. And if you really, really enjoy the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and War Ministry. Offerings can be made through patreon.com slash faith and more podcast. We actually have three tiers of membership there. So again, at patreon.com slash faith and more podcast. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. There's lots of great videos there and it gives you more of an immersive experience. Just go to youtube.com slash at faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray in our faith and more family that is you love to pray as well so let us pray for you there are two ways to do this the first is to email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com the second is through our website at faith and more podcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site there's a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers and of course links to everything here mentioned in the show and in the closing here can be found in the show description. Intro and outro music are courtesy of Lay FM, L-E-S-F-M, which is at lesfm.net. And the Oblates infomercial is courtesy of Ivy Music. Links can be found in the show description. Check them out and show them some love. So until next time, have a blessed weekend. Know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.